Western Conference Podcast here once again. And you know, I'm trying to bring you guys all these guests. We're trying to do, you know, music musicians. We're trying to do artists. But I also want to do entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and my brother that's a tattoo artist. Give it up for Lala Ellsworth one time. How you doing, brother? You see that new Jokes Up Trappuccino jersey <laughs> on me right now? <laughs> see, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. You, you see that new one but on But before me? we get into that, I want to make sure we get a proper introduction to you because, you know, you are a tattoo artist extraordinaire. And now you are a cannabis entrepreneur. So we got to start with the tattooing first. Because if you guys don't know, look up at his, his Instagram, Lala Ellsworth. Tell us how you even got into that whole story. Because we need that story. Uh, anytime I talk about how I got into tattooing or anything, I have to preface it by saying Fred motherfucking yeah, Frost. Frost. <laughs> Shout out Fred Frost yeah, too, man. Yeah, you don't, yeah. When, uh, yeah, like that's, uh, man, that's the Samoan Da Vinci of our generation. Yeah, if you guys don't know who Fred Frost is, Google him. Yeah, that's a, it's disappointing if you don't know. Yeah, it's exactly. for your children. Because you guys you are both at Frost City Tattoo in Utah. Yeah, so, well, it's crazy. So, like, uh, Fred, I just, I just drink kava. Yeah. This kava network that you, some of you guys don't know about this kava. See, that's network, why I'm mad right? that that Westafa's on vacation right now because that's how I you got guys, to know West. Yeah. You guys have a, your own language in kava too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it all started with kava. This yeah. little network of kava. I used to drink kava with all uh, Fred's cousins, and then I would draw on our buckets that we would drink kava out of, and then Fred would come, and I already knew who Fred yeah. was, but he would come and they'd be like, "Hey, who drew on that bucket?" Wait, wait, wait. So this is just from art on a bucket? That's how you started you this whole? You bet your sweet ass wow. it is, Cisco. It, uh, <laughs> he, so basically, he sees the bucket. It's got this badass tripod on He's like, hey, who did that? Yeah. He said, oh, that young boy, Lala. He comes over here sometime, and then he started talking to me about it. He's like, hey, you ever thought about tattooing? And I was like, man, my mom will whoop my ass. Yeah. <laughs> but, what's but, but even before that, how did the art love come for you before you'd even start that? Dude, you know what's crazy? I'm I'm big. Yeah. And like everyone assumes that I would like be playing football ball and sports and stuff. The stereotype. I lost, I lost interest in yeah. it. And I like, I, it was weird because I'm like, I'm big as shit and then like, hey, we about to go run this game. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna doodle on this piece of paper real quick. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. I so just, you was a doodler? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, my mom got like programs from church from like 97. That, that you were writing on. That I drew that has your on. Art. Yeah. yeah. So I just been, I don't know. I just been in it Because you a being time. a doodler, some are in prison and they write on the envelope. So it's oh, like, yeah. there's a big oh, difference, yeah. difference. Yeah, but I'm not a criminal. Where's my <laughs> camera? Where's my camera? I'm not a criminal. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, that's how I got into it. Fred just kind of saw something. Yeah. But it was crazy because like, uh, I, I, I try to describe it to people, but the only way I could really explain like how Fred took me under yeah. his wing. Imagine if Steph Curry just came up to you and rolled you a oh, basketball. Oh yeah, so he's like the epitome of tattoo artists. And was like, artists. hey, yeah. let me show you how to ball. That's what Fred did to me. And it was crazy because at the time, Fred didn't have to do shit for yeah. me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he didn't, he didn't. He just kind of came in. He, and you know, when you're an artist like Fred, you recognize art right away. Oh yeah. So for him to see that on the bucket, that was kind of like, hey wait, who did this? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then so, then I yeah, I just got into it and I never really gave it up and then I don't know. My mom, man, if you're a Tongan mother, yeah. you do not want your son to be covered in tattoos, have long hair, and like look like a piece of shit exactly. like me. Because <laughs> that's like the, like the normal thing, you know, for parents. They don't want the tattooed guy, like, you know, because it's taboo. I would, I would almost go a step further yeah. and say immigrant parents, because my mom, she's like, I risked everything yeah. to come here to make sure that you guys exactly. have a better life, exactly. and you're just going to throw it all away yeah. with this tattoos. Go to school, do this, do this, and then... I, I applaud my mom because I think she thought I was going to work at the bank or something. Yeah. But. <laughs> See, and it's crazy, though, because in our Polynesian culture, the tattooing is part of it. But I think the tattoos that they were worried about us getting was all the bullshit we was getting before the tribal. Yeah, well, and then not only that, but then I think she just wanted the safest thing possible. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, go to school, go learn, a, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Like, they just want you to do the, I risked a lot to get here, find the safest, oh, yeah, you're gonna most get secure that story. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, but you know me, I'm a piece of shit. So yeah. I was like, live dangerous, baby. <laughs> Life's a risk car now, right? <laughs> so you're doodling on, on cover buckets. Fred kind of sees that your artistry is there. What's the next step from there? Man, you know what's funny is that, uh, so at the time, Fred was just tattooing like out of a private studio. Yeah. He didn't own a shop. But all along the way, he kind of had this chess move of like, man, you know what? I'm going to start handpicking a few of these youngsters. Yeah, little by little, he was going to put it together. Yeah, and yeah. so over time, and then a couple years, so I'm he, I would just go sit in with him, learn some stuff. I'd go home and fuck people up in my mom's yeah. basement. You know what I mean? Like I <laughs> so like, like practicing on people. Yeah, 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 definitely practicing. How was the first gun looking like, though? Because there's always, you can tell a lot about an artist from their first gun. Uh, well, we call them machines. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
the tattoo machine. What was the tattoo machine looking oh, like? The first man, one. And this thing was a. It was all Chinese stainless steel, baby. Yeah. This thing was like as cheap as you can get it, and like barely even a tattoo machine. And this thing was like. Probably louder than your lawnmower. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. and I had because I've seen cheap machines. My first one I've seen was a uh, with a Walkman um, with an engine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then the those motor. were like, oh yeah, those the motor they were using from the Walkmans. I was like, yeah, we probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, yeah. That was when you still had to hold the CD player. Yeah. Like, you still had to hold it like this. You want a tattoo with that? Exactly. You got to hold your CD player like this. Like, so the whole evolution of the machines. Kind of yeah. came from your first machine, and then when do you start to take it serious? Because you're fucking up yeah. on everybody. No, yeah. So that so one of so one of the things that I started realizing was that when I was young, I was like, oh, you gotta make money to make a living. Yeah. I was seeing some of my friends; they were getting like two jobs, maybe three jobs, little side hustles, and then I figured out what tattooing. I was like, I don't need three jobs. Yeah. I just need to get good at this one at job. The job. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. One job. Yeah. The better I get at this. I'm writing my own paycheck, baby. <laughs> so I'm just like. How old are you at this point? Uh, I when I first, I'm like early twenties. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I first. And this is in Hawaii. No, here oh, in Utah. Oh, really? Yeah. So after I graduated high school, so I grew up in Hawaii, and then when I came to Utah, that's where I met Fred. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, but but when I was in Hawaii growing up, and like I, I was on MySpace. Yeah. MySpace. Easy now. MySpace. Dude, I remember I used that was where I first saw Bong. Yeah. Bong's all the here. tattoo artists. Yeah, all, so you were Fred. always a fan of the tattoo artistry. Oh, always, okay. always, always. And then yeah, so by the time I came here, there was like, oh, this is my cousin Fred Frost, and yeah. I was like, I know who that yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. I know who because that is. they have the culture, the tattoo culture yeah. has its own culture oh yeah and you know during the myspace days you're talking about you people were putting like bong fred frost that's when you started to see because social media was still kind of brand new yeah and then like even the, uh like say with like the contemporary polynesian tattoos yeah. nobody was really stepping outside the box like that like uh like how fred and those guys were doing even like bong even well, rich and some yeah. of those other guys that were like the ogs of myspace but like fred so this is these are all things that like fred frost will probably never talk about but yeah like uh there's evidence maybe from pictures and stuff that fred might have been one of the first persons like to do a sleeve oh wow Kaulimas was like the shit. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Everybody was getting bands, but then nobody really stepped outside On the box sleeve. and like decided to bend it and turn it this way and turn it this yeah. way. And then arguably he might have been one of the first people to do incorporate like shading yeah. and stuff. And then like the big Cali style like lettering. Yeah. Like, you know, the gangster style lettering exactly. inside of a tribal. There's a bunch of like And that all came from um, you know, we're gonna have Fred Frost on the show too, but you guys can also look him up. But Fred Frost also had an art background. Oh, yeah. So a thing with, with him, like a lot of tattoo artists, they like doodling, but he actually went to school for this. Yeah. He went to school. He had an art. You know, he went, he went to San Francisco State. He went to all the... When he did the Bay Area thing and he kind of intertwined the art with people that was doodling into a tattoo, I think that's where his style came from. Yeah. He's a... Man, he he took like uh, black and gray, like Chicano yeah. stuff that's big out here in like Cali and everything. And then he went up to Art Institute in San Francisco and yeah. he got more sophisticated with it. But then there's a whole nother art culture up there. Yeah. So he's basically taking bits and pieces of everybody's oh, yeah. like badass art culture. Exactly. And then, Especially in San Francisco, you have the taggers, you have all this graffiti and stuff up there. So you're taking elements from everything and you kind of oh. just putting it into his what, what it art was. Is that what you do now? Yeah, man. I feel like I just kind of... I don't know. I'm kind of like a just a mixed plate, you yeah. know? I'll just kind of gather little bits and pieces and then whatever look dope, you know, whatever fits the best for my clients yeah. or whatever. But, yeah, I just kind of whatever – I just kind of become a Rolodex. And then based on what my clients want or what they need, I'll yeah. just, like, go through my little Rolodex well, see, and be like, here's this. Here's you didn't this, always have this. the Rolodex. And you didn't always have the clients. When was the first tattoo to say, okay, this could be in my living? No, so the first time, so I'm tattooing at a street shop w close by where I live. Yeah. And it's just like little small stuff. But at the time, I was like, I was sitting in with Fred tough. And then Fred finally came to me and said he was about to start his shop. Oh, wow. Or, or, or he was going to, he's he, the, the the wheels are turning now to start Frost City. Yeah. It was still a few years away, but I just remember he started talking about Frost City, and I wasn't on the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> you were listening to it. You were like, ooh, I'm nowhere in that lineup. No, he was just like, yeah, man, I got, I'm going to get Vilingata, yeah. uh, Yams, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Siliami, Yams 5700. But he's naming all these people, and I was like. And you're hoping your name is coming up next. And <laughs> maybe one more guy. Exactly. One more person. So your name's not called. No, no, it's not called. It. And then, then um, eventually, that's what kind of put this little fire under my ass, and I started yeah. going for it. But then, 
so you use it as inspiration. Oh yeah. Well, because the thing the thing about Fred was I already knew that it wasn't he wasn't like playing favorites. Yeah. You know he wasn't just gonna let me like uh, jump in front of a parade. As exactly. They say. Yeah. Like, he's not just gonna let me. You had to hey, prove yourself at that yeah, point. Yeah. Exactly. So I ended up proving myself and doing all this extra stuff. But so about a year after that, that was when I started going ham. Yeah. Like uh, I figured out this cool thing with social media where if I'm posting pictures all the time and I'm producing a lot of work. People are seeing my tattoos around yeah. town. All these people are having them at the grocery store, at the exactly. gym. And then I'm posting them on social media. And then this was like my big epiphany because I asked some of the boys, I'm like, hey, go look through my social media. Which one of those tattoos do you think was free? Yeah. And they're like, I, I don't know. He's like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, they didn't see, know in the early days I was giving them man, motherfuckers away. But I'm glad man. you brought that up because social media, I think personally, it made it so much easier and it, 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 it structured so much for you artists to showcase your work. Yeah, anything. Well, because the like so based like so say with social media, if I'm selling something, yeah, I need a product to sell. Absolutely. If I'm not tattooing nobody, how can I sell them something I yeah. don't even have? So sometimes the boys would come in, they would buy me a burrito. Yeah. And then I go post their tattoo, and everybody just assumes that guy paid full price. Exactly. That was you know at least I mean? 50. I was like, no, that yeah, was a burrito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a burrito that I got. But they don't know that. Yeah, exactly. They just see the quality of work and then I get time in the saddle to get better, and then I got a guy walking around who's a living breathing billboard and yeah then, so that was like my marketing strategy for a long time where you know people were like oh man you're doing this piece and this piece and piece after piece and all this stuff and then and i was like little do you guys know that guy didn't pay me yeah. you know <laughs> See, like, but i think that's what it, that's part of the journey that's part of the story because i think without and i tell this not just for tattooing and not for art for artists for you know musicians and all that without social media nowadays it was so much harder as a tattoo man. artist back in the day to not what work do you do so you have to kind of like call one of your friends, hey, come show them your tattoo. Yeah. Now it's like, look at it, and you guys are doing it so, you know, it's dope because you guys yeah. are making many movies out of these things now. Man, you have a whole catalog. Of, yeah. I'll meet a stranger, and then they'll just see, like, my Instagram tag on the back of my phone. They'll look it up, and my entire catalog is right there. And they're yeah. like, oh, damn, you heem, bro. <laughs> you heem. I was like, you bitch. And, and, and like, the catalog of work that you guys have, because I tell a lot of these tattoo artists, these people that are trying to come up on social media, if you use social media the right way, yeah. that's going to actually help you in the long run, you, it could really be a good tool for y'all. Dude, it's not just tattoo, but like, so based on, like in the world we live in today, yeah, almost all the information that we get is from this little screen exactly. right here. Exactly, social media. If you can dominate this much screen... Yeah. With whatever you're selling, whatever you're putting out there, you'll own the world. Yeah. Because it costs a lot of money to get a commercial on TV. It don't cost shit to press post. I on always your say Instagram. these little screens are more valuable than billboards now. You and because you know they're not looking it. up; they're looking down all the time. Yeah, you gotta be you. You have to be able to grab attention. You gotta be able to educate them somewhat. You have to entertain them. All these little things, or else they'll just scroll right yeah. past you. So you kind of have to, you know. Get but I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because for for a younger artist, for a younger musician that's listening to this right now, your advice by telling them dominate that screen there. But there's a way of doing it as well because content yeah. is key right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ah, man, I'm. So the funny thing is, is like, so with like my TikTok. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. TikTok, I did not I, I'm with you. I didn't know I didn't I know did either. not care to be like TikTok famous or like Instagram famous. Yeah. Dude, but my TikTok is crazy. Like I have, so I have, I don't, so when I first started using TikTok, I was just like, let me just use it because it's a new platform. And Absolutely. I assumed that it was just little kids Same on there. Same shit here. So I, I literally open every one of my videos as I say, what's up, TikTok, you fucking delinquent? Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, you put your kids Absolutely. on here. Exactly. But then that became like this weird catchphrase. So I'm on my flight and that's like the stewardess lady, she's coming up. She's like, are you the fucking delinquent guy? From, you know, <laughs> and that's how crazy it is, bro. I was in L.A. People stopping me at the restaurant. Oh, you're the yeah. fucking delinquent it's guy. It's crazy how TikTok took over because I'm still new to it, but I put one video up, I think it was when I started the podcast, and it just went viral. And I'm like, wait a minute. What's all these likes? What's all these? I'm like, okay, so this is another platform that people, not that they're getting bored of Instagram, but this is something yeah. new. You know, everybody likes that new car smell. Yeah. So TikTok was like, okay, I thought it was just for the kids, but shit, if you if you master TikTok, 
that can help your business 10 times fold. Yeah. Well, and then the thing, so the reason why I jumped on TikTok is because it was like the new frontier. Yeah. But one of the things that like we kind of figured out early on in uh, TikTok is that say with like Vine or the, yeah. or even like Instagram when it first started, there's market share in these social Absolutely. media platforms. Shit. And at the time, TikTok didn't have no, no. there was no, there was no uh, like bosses mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. TikTok. So if you were to get into TikTok at the right time, by default, you own a good market share exactly. because there's no other bosses. There's nobody and, and competing. That's why I, I kick myself every day because I got into the TikTok late. Yeah. And then, like, just how you said it, if you were at the forefront of this new platform, you were like you were like the dude. Oh, yeah. So, like, I kind of got in early, and that that's what helped me a little bit, too. And then, I don't know. It's funny because I see a lot of people that do a lot of uh, – there's a lot of production value in yeah. their posts. I'm a piece of shit, yeah. dude. I just record one. Because, dude, there are edit, people that do make nothing. a living oh, yeah. off making TikTok videos. So it's a whole production thing now. They got cameras here, cameras there, and they're doing it over and over. But when it's organic the way you had it, when it's organic to your business and it just happens, I think those, I mean, it's kind of hard to say what with who's watching it, but I think those get the more organic and valuable asset to your company, right? Yeah, like, it's funny because, um, so say with, like, my organic following yeah. is a, I'm pretty, like, I swear a lot, you know? I'm not exactly what you would call a role model. Yeah. But somehow I became a role model. And yeah. it's because I just put out this organic, I don't know, you could content, whatever you want to call it. But then it was funny because, like, all these people who I'm just like, I'm just a piece of shit. Yeah. I just post whatever. <laughs> and then I had no idea, like, these, there's these young people and entrepreneurs and stuff, and they're just like, do you know how inspiring it is to watch you do whatever you want yeah. and you made it work? Because you're talking their language at yeah, that point, too. Yeah, it's not, and I'm like, man, I'm trash. You yeah, know? like I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't. But there's work. kids that resonate with that attitude yeah. to be like, I'm trash too. Wait, he made it cool. Yeah, to but say he, that he made it. You made it work. Yeah, you know, instead of like, uh, you know, because uh, I grew up in the generation of where if you looked anything like me, behaved like me, whatever, you were gonna be a a, a deadbeat. Yeah, you were gonna be a dirtbag. You were gonna be yeah. a piece of shit. That's and, the beauty of it. And look at me, piece of shit, <laughs> hard right making now. bread and doing his thing. But see, we're talking we're, we're talking about Frost City Tattoo. We talked about your humble beginnings as a tattoo artist, but that kind of opened up your entrepreneurial shit because you're learning how to do the business part of tattooing, right? Yeah. And at that point, you kind of just saying, okay, there's there could be something more. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, so one of, the, I think that was, it's crazy, dude. So I started this little, so young LB, yeah. my, my, my fellow Tongan brother, he, if anybody, this is like almost the same thing with Fred Frost. He was uh, someone who was at the top of his game and decided. In the cannabis world. Yeah, he was like, hey. Shout out Young LB, yeah. yeah you know, come, come fuck with me. You yeah. Know? And, and uh, same, same, same token where he didn't have to do anything for me. He just, maybe he saw some, you know, some dog in yeah. me, some hustle in me. And he was like, hey, let's. Same let's. thing that Fred Frost seen in you. Yeah, so yeah. I, I grew up with his, uh, some of his security or his actual first cousins. And so I grew up with them in Hawaii. And then I ended up tattooing his head of the, his security. And then I brought up this, like, cool idea for, like, a strain. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, man, everybody want to go with, the like, the exotics and yeah. cannabis, like, the the rapper weed. But every a lot of guys like the fruity profile, like, uh, flavor profile. Yeah, flavor profile. So, like, the runts and stuff. Yeah. Like, but I was like, man, what if we went savory? You know? Yeah. What if we went, like, creamy, like, more, uh, like, a, like a cheesecake. Yeah. Or, like, a... And the ideas coffee, were going at that point. Yeah, ice coffee. And, exactly. And I said, man, let me build a strain around like a you know caramel ice coffee yeah. flavor profile, like a Starbucks. Yeah, and call yeah. that bitch Trappuccino. And that's how Trappuccino was born. You want a honey? Let me know. See, you but know? even even before the inception of Trappuccino, and it goes back to bringing up Young LB. Young LB was an artist, a rap artist. Yeah. So it's funny because before he even did the runs, before he even did the whole cannabis thing, mm -hmm. you know, everyone was just smoking and being a rapper. I remember doing a few shows with Young LB when he was a lot younger, and I he, I kept telling him, and I, and I tell artists now, you don't have to kind of like go towards the Polynesian demographic. And I noticed that a lot of artists were. I said, bro, stay in this cannabis lane because I'm telling you, that shit's going to blow up. He probably don't remember that, but I was telling a lot of these guys, stop catering to the Polynesian demographic. Dude, let me, I, man, I... I might get canceled with this, but like, uh, <laughs> so one thing I like with, with, with Trappuccino, yeah. right? 
I a lot of guys like I told like everyone in on my team and all the people I do stuff with. I was just like, hey man, I want Trey Pacino. Like as far as like a demographic, yeah. I'm not trying to rat hole myself and just attack yeah. one. Small you don't want to pigeonhole the small wanna, group. I want to cast the widest net possible. Yeah. So we picked a, a a logo. We picked branding. We picked all these stuff that's cool to any demographic by race gender yeah. whatever you know what i mean i got thugs out there come on smoking out an iced coffee bag right exactly now. you know they they ripping open and the, it's part of the culture now yeah but like it's cool to everybody and then and i love my polynesian people but i was like man if i were to make my cannabis or the merch the merch is what's yeah. big too but i'm like if i were just to cater to this small group of people and let's be let's be honest yeah they don't want to spend no money no exactly you know so what I mean? and that's why I, and i don't want people who are watching this to kind of say like we're downgrading this because no, we're not no, downgrading no. the culture we just know and nobody else is going to say it is that polynesians don't spend money yeah, they want to support, but they want to support they want it for with free. your money. Yeah, yeah they want to they want to gamble. And that's with why house I keep money. telling these people that are either an artist, either in cannabis and whatever they're doing, stop saying I have to do it for the Polynesian people. Yeah. Because I mean, as, as being in this business for over twenty years, they're gonna follow you wherever you go. Yeah. Not because you cater to the Polynesian culture and all that. You're already that. You're yeah. already Tongan. I'm already Samoan. It's all gonna already fall into place. So we don't have to keep saying, "Hey, I'm Samoan. I'm you, doing yeah, this." Yeah, you just being successful is what yeah. you need to do for your people. But like, if you were to base an entire business around your people, it's it's gonna be pigeonholed for your people. It's rough because like everybody who's not your cousin is yeah. all of a sudden your cousin. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And, and well, then, we do that with athletes. Oh. When when Troy Polamalu does something good, Junior say, "Oh, that's my uncle. That's my cousin." Yeah. So you know, and that, that's kind of like the going joke in the Polynesian thing. Whenever there's a famous Polynesian yeah. to a tongue of Iloa, that's my cousin. Oh, you yeah. know, it, we say it jokingly, but in actuality, in everything we do, like you know, with, with what Jay Boog's doing, what Common Kings are doing, I keep telling everybody, you know, what advice you have. It's like, bro, stop catering yourself to the Polynesian demographic. They're gonna follow you wherever you go. Yeah. So that's why you being a tattoo artist, it's not just because you do Polynesian tattoos. You don't just do that. You just happen to be in that realm, yeah. and it opened up other doors for you. But, I, man, I love my people. Nah, absolutely. That's for sure. Don't get that's it wrong. For sure. I already yeah. know somebody's going to take this clip and be like, Cisco don't like polys. Nah, it ain't even like that. Lala and Cisco talking shit about the polys. Absolutely not. Canceled. That's not what are we saying. What we're saying is stop catering to them. Do it for everybody, and you'll be surprised because you know what happens? The Filipinos, the Mexicans, the blacks, the whites, they always say, oh, that's a Polynesian thing. It's cool. I'll let you guys have that. Yeah, yeah, then they yeah. kind of draw themselves away from it. They're kind of like, oh, that's a poly thing. Nah, stop doing that because I'm going to cater to everybody yeah. and be like, this is for everybody. So Trappuccino, for example, yeah. that's a universal brand. Everybody, you know, anyone can like it. And then, uh, so like if we were if we were in the business of like... Uh, I don't know, doing what was the best for our people, yeah. then it's not a business, it's a hobby. Absolutely. A Come business, on, say it again, Lala. You know, say it again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if we wanted to take care of yeah. our Polynesian people, that's a hobby. Yeah. But this is a business. You know what I mean? So you have to do what's best for business. It's hard to, you know what I mean? But then you get those people, oh, okay, he, he's doing it for the business. He's a sellout. I've seen them all my whole career. Oh, Cisco thinks he's too good for the Polynesian. I'm like, nah, I'm just uh, doing what I'm doing. But that's, you, you're going to get those. Like I tell these people, you're going to get these haters all the time. Like, If you guys are listening to that, that means that you're going to fall backwards in what you're going, going forward. Yeah. But what I tell these kids, like, dude, if you don't have haters, you're not doing nothing. Yeah. And, the, well, like, you know what's funny? I don't really – I feel like I might have haters, but they, they're not really that Because they're irrelevant to you. Yeah. I'm like – because, like uh, – and, like – Man, everybody's gonna be like, man, they really, they really tearing up these Polynesian. People. <laughs> just to be, just to be fair, be clear. I, I love Polynesian people. Yeah, and I indirectly support 10, 15 different families. So yeah. don't say <laughs> I don't love my people. I employ my people. No, absolutely. I'm trying to get to a point where I can really throw something yeah. back for y'all to like really do something. But if y'all, you know, if and that's why I'm kind of happy what Young LB did, what you did. Like he went with the Runts. He didn't make it a Polynesian thing. That oh, Brunts was Polynesian. Oh. You know what I mean? And everybody that kind of went through it, they didn't just have to make it a Polynesian thing, yeah. if you know what I mean. So when you did Trappuccino, I'm like, perfect. It's universal. Because everyone tells me, how do I, how do I start a brand? Don't make it for one separate part of people, one, one people. Yeah. Make it for everybody. Yeah. And then um, it was funny because I wasn't trying to like have a, a target demographic. Mm -hmm. it, because, Weed smokers, that's it. <laughs> no, well, well, because like, uh, you know, I'm a real simple man and I'm a real solid piece of shit. And yeah. I'm just like, we don't target this people. We just, I just like, just make it dope. Yeah. If it's cool. Just make it dope, if man. If it's cool, that's universal, exactly. baby. You know, anybody Being cool, cool and being dope, it resonates you know, with any 
any nationality. You know what I'm saying? Any gender, any yeah. race. But I was like, if it's cool, it's you know everybody will fuck with it. But yeah, I just so it's crazy. So June 19th last year, mm-hmm. we officially launched, which was the same day that uh, LB opened the the grand opening of his jokes uh, up one in the plaza. Okay, his got it. Clothing store in downtown LA. Got it. A Tongan yeah. owns a clothing store and plaza in downtown LA. Come on, man. Across the street. Unheard of. Dude. Unheard of. And then here's the, man, this is another crazy thing. So that was when we launched, yeah. right? That was June 19th. And then this year, June 18th, one day. One, yeah, one, one day, day from the year. Mm-hmm. We went legal in the dispensary. Come on. June 18th, uh, one day shy of a year. And we did it inside of the Jokes Up ice cream dispensary, which is also Tongan owned. Yeah. That's LB's. And, and I don't think people watching know the severity, know the magnitude of what that means in this demographic and in this whole cannabis yeah. world. Well, let me whoop your head again. Yeah, exactly. So he, so LB, he's got his clothing store in downtown LA, and then now he has the first joke, first of a few. There's yeah. more coming. Uh, the first jokes up ice cream dispensary that's on, in Studio City on Ventura. So now, based on the. The legislation and yeah. laws that are in place. The laws that there's are in place. no zoning mm-hmm. for a dispensary in downtown LA where the store is at. Yeah, he figured out a loophole to create a a kiosk delivery system. Wow! <laughs> so he put a like, like let's call it a satellite dispensary, yeah. uh, a little piece of a dispensary inside of his clothing store. So his dispensary that he owns. Come on. He put a kiosk inside of. His clothing yeah. store that he owns. Come on, kids. And now he come can, on, kids. Now he can legally sell cannabis delivery like yeah. from his clothing store. So now one business is feeding the other. Let me come in here, yeah. grab this, you know, grab this because uh, it goes little, hand in hand. Go merch into the dispensary, into the week. Like everything is going full circle right there. You're at that in point. downtown LA. You're come across on. the street from what was once the state in a huge center. market. Yeah, exactly. Oh, in yeah. a huge market. Yeah, now it's the blood and crypto arena. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I try to tell it like, in layman's terms, it's like having being able to sell weed in a, in a clothing store. Yeah, but here's the thing: you own the the weed store exactly. and the weed and the clothing and, and the, the merchandise. Store. Yeah, so it's like you whooping them from every yeah. angle. You can't lose like that. And then. Yeah. When one is down, it feeds the other. Like, oh, maybe nobody came to buy a T-shirt, but yeah. everybody coming to grab some zob. Exactly, they coming to grab some. And I, that goes back to the social media stuff. The popularity of the za, of oh, the yeah. trappuccino, of runts. The popularity is because the kids or whatever's cool and hype on social media. That's what people are like saying. Okay, then they start showing you know pictures of the weed. They're yeah. like, oh, this is that weed. This is that weed. Social media is a motherfucker because. Without that, you're not gonna. Have, you don't have. We're talking about JC Penny catalog. Something's gonna be outdated for y'all. That's what you had to do back in the day. Was look at the JC Penny catalog. They be like, oh, I want that shirt. Now it's like you could go buy weed and a, and a shirt in the same damn spot. Damn. Come on, man. The evolution of what we're doing is crazy. Damn, big body Cisco <laughs> really just referenced. I knew his ass was gonna say that. Penny I knew catalog. his ass was gonna say that. <laughs> Gosh, damn. So look. You're an entrepreneur in the Trappuccino game. You're a tattoo artist that are still doing like that. I mean, still doing, you're still, still paying your bills. How do those two coincide with, with what you're doing? Because you have to have clients to say, oh, what's that Trappuccino? Because you're, you're tattooing for hours. I'm feeding, yeah. Like, uh, let, I, like one, it's kind of like uh, LB's business where one kind of feeds the other. Yeah. And then it's dope because, like, uh, I have clients, and, and obviously a lot of people, they, are consumers of cannabis. And then, <laughs> they weed smokers, goddammit. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, based on the state I live in and the legislation surrounding me, you know I don't sell anything in the state I live in. Just so you Just so, just so clear, no, Utah. You know, Utah authorities. Utah, yeah. I don't sell anything in that state, you know. But, um, Feds all watching yeah. this. Oh, there he is. No, but it's, uh, but you know what's funny is that, like, I have clients who are uh, maybe, like, law enforcement or yeah. whatever. They want the merch. Yeah. They love them. They they love me. They support me, and so they want to like, even though it's cannabis. Exactly. That's why we did merch was because cannabis isn't legal in all fifty states, but you can sell a sweater in any one of them motherfuckers. But the sweaters are you illegal. The saying? sweaters are legal. You know, you can sell a the t-shirt anywhere. The merch is legal. Yeah. All so day. that's why it, it takes me back to your tattooing. When you're tattooing the likes of, because we didn't even talk get into this. When you're tattooing people that are like on TV. Like, we're talking about the Diesel Brothers. Oh, yeah. The muscle. Yeah. You were at his house tattooing him. Like, see how everything goes for, like, it's like domino effect. Yeah. You're tattooing somebody like the muscle from the Diesel Brothers. Mm -hmm. That whole thing that got you eyes that you would never get in a normal aspect. You know what I mean? So you're getting eyes from 
the Diesel and the whole show and the Diesel Brothers, that whole demographic is now wondering, who's Lala Ellsworth? Yeah. How does that open up doors for you? Having eyes that you would never have in, regu in being regular. Dude, man. I wish I I wish I had some like real business savvy explanation, but yeah. like I just fuck with cool people. Yeah, exactly. And you know what I mean. And if you're solid, then you know yeah. they recognize that. So like, uh, how did that come about? Uh, it's funny. This is actually a funny story. So the, <laughs> so the muscle is my boy. His name is Keaton. He's on yeah. the uh, reality TV show called Diesel Brothers on Discovery Channel. He does a bunch of other stuff too. He's a big entrepreneur. I actually get a lot of my entrepreneurial business savvy from yeah, him. yeah. It's from him man that, that he a dog man he's out there doing 20 things at once but uh so one time i i i tattooed one of my buddies he's like a he was a big dog for like comcast or Xfinity. Yeah. he gets this call from their big corporate office that hey a someone who's important needs their cable fixed tonight yeah it's winter he, said <laughs> he had overworked his whole crew he don't go out but yeah he had overworked his whole crew and he's like you know what these guys want to go home it's christmas I'll run over there. Yeah. So my boy goes over to his house. And you tattooed him. Yeah, I tattooed okay, my buddy. It. So he goes over there and he walks into this big, beautiful house. And when he gets there, there's a bunch of Polynesian dudes in there drinking kava. Oh, and they're like, hey, which one's the homeowner? And it was Keaton, my boy, the muscle. Yeah, yeah. He stands up and he's like, oh, that's me. What's up, man? He's like, oh, this, the cable, this and this. So my boy, he goes over there razzle dazzle gets yeah. the whole thing fixed up so he fixes everything and he's like oh perfect thank you so much man he's like so keaton the muscle he yeah. looks at my buddy he's like hey you done for the night you're all done yeah. he's like yeah you want to come mix he's like do you want to just come mix so wait keaton's already mixing at this point before yeah, you haven't so, met him yeah so the, the how was the backstory on that man this is uh the diesel brothers so they all grew up in utah yeah and i and these guys they all grew up playing sports like rugby and yeah. then they just grew up around other Polynesians. got it so they were keaton, around the culture already dude people always trying to get me to verify keaton like why does he get to have all these Polynesian yeah. tattoos? and we're gonna get into that too but go keep continue yeah but anyway so he uh these guys they grew up around Polynesians. Yeah. They've, they've known Polynesians their whole life keaton specifically Specifically, the muscle. Yeah, his brother is actually Samoan and Tongan. He's oh, Samoan nice. and Tongan. Okay. Yeah. So, it, what was once like Tongan, we call it a pusiaki when you yeah. kind of just like take them in and take, just yeah, exactly. raise them. Raise them. Yeah, yeah. But, now that's your brother. Uh, yeah. So that that's what the case was was hit with his brother. Got it. And then when they both went to college, they tried to he tried to um, sign their lease for their apartment. Yeah. Keaton goes and signs his. The Samoan Tongan brother he goes and tries to sign it. He's like, oh, you're only seventeen. He's like, oh, well, what does that mean? Oh, your parent or guardian has to come has to, to be it. here. So my boy, the muscle's mom comes over there to sign it. And she's like, oh, are you the legal guardian? He's like, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have to be the legal guardian. They went and legally adopted him. Oh, wow. Yeah, just to just do that. To, yeah, because he's like, this boy's been living with me yeah. for the last, you know. I'm, <laughs> he's basically my son yeah, now. So, yeah. And then he actually named his daughter after him, too. But oh, like, wow, he's, that's crazy. Yeah, he's like, uh, it's funny because he's. Yeah. He's so they were already crazy. into the culture before oh, he even got tattooed. Deep. Man, they was deep into it. Like they yeah. drink cover like how we drink yeah. cover. And so they get over there. My buddy goes over there to, to do the job and the job's done. And Keaton's just like, sit down, man. Yeah. Just come mix with us. He's like, you don't got nowhere to go, right? He's like, yeah. So he sits down and starts taking his sweater off. And everyone in there is tattooed. Yeah. But my boy takes off his sweater and he has a newer one that I just that did. That you just did. And then Keaton's like, oh, who did that? Yeah. He's like, oh, it's my boy Lyle. Crazy, bro. And then that's what that's what started this whole thing and then now he's like my boy. Yeah. Like he like That's why cuz yeah. I noticed that. So like when we were, when you were tattooing him, he brought you to his house to do it. You know, he didn't do it at the shop at first, right? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Like so I I I Dude, I go everywhere. Yeah. Like we've, I've tattooed him in North Carolina. I've tattooed him, and but like he's just like one of the boys. Yeah, you know, like he's one of my good, good friends. And so, I mean, my kids call him uncle. Yeah. you know what I mean. He knows all. Yeah, so it's like uh, it's a lot deeper than just a client. And exactly, yeah. well, we we're talking about that. Like not just him from the, the diesel and, and the muscle. We're talking about like if you're if you're tattooing a football player. Yeah. And he's playing on Sundays or Saturday or on college or football. Like we're talking about Fred Frost, he always tattoos a lot of football players. When you guys are tattooing these athletes, these actors, these actresses, anybody in the public eye, yeah. they're a walking billboard for you guys at that point. Yeah. And you never know who's going to see it and be like, hey, I want that same shit. Dude, but it's crazy because uh, obviously the, the quality of work is there. Yeah. But I think what really resonates with a lot of people is they get an experience with us. Yeah. Like, that sounds real hippie and shit. But like, <laughs> no, but when people come, like I treat them like my family. Oh yeah, I've seen you it. I've seen I mean? it firsthand. Like, I make like I'm, I've seen it firsthand. I buy them lunch, man. I'm like taking care of yeah. them. I'm like you know making sure they. And got that's them. your brand. Yeah, that's like your call. That's, that's like your business card, right? But, that, there. but it's funny because like I didn't even, without me like uh, just 
without like innately knowing what I'm doing. Yeah. I was just raised like yeah. that. You take care of your people. So like I that's how I treat all my clients. That's how I treat all my friends and stuff. And people wonder why my business is like this because I was I always tell people, like, man, there's other tattooers that can do what I do. Oh, yeah. It's just that the I experience. feel like I it's give the experience. them. Yeah, there's yeah. more that I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. maybe. No, I'm, and I'm glad yeah. you said that because people watching this, I want them to know that you have to make it your own. You can't sit yeah. there like everybody could tattoo, but like you said, it's the experience of going to go to the thing. You sitting down, bullshitting with them, having that yeah. old experience. So each tattoo artist is going to be different. But if you get a Lala tattoo, you're going to have a good time. You might eat some good food. You yeah. might drink some Ofa's Kava over there. You might, <laughs> you know what I mean? You might, all kind of stuff. So, yeah, people come in there and then we're drinking Kava in there. And then a lot of people, they trip out when, like, so a lot of times as a shop, we'll just stop and everybody eats together. Yeah. Or at least you and your client will just stop and eat exactly. together and stuff. And they're just like, oh, you guys don't, like, split up and go do it. I'm like, nah, man, it's like a... And I think that's something that comes from, you know, Fred having his his shop, uh, other tattoo artists having their shops, and kind of taking little bits and pieces oh, yeah. <clears throat> from what they're learning in their, you know, their experiences. And yeah. I think they kind of make it their own when they do want to break off and say, hey, I'm going to do my own shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they want to take little elements of what they've learned, you know, learning the, the whole vibe. Oh, yeah. Is a vibe is everything. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do be a tattoo artist, you're going to be an artist, whatever you do, if you create that vibe, and that's what I like doing here at Western Conference Podcast. Like, if I have a, a guest that I don't know, that, like real close, I kind of talk to them and make them feel comfortable. That by the time we're done, they're like, "Damn, I was comfortable. I, I didn't feel yeah. comfortable at first, but now I feel comfortable." Yeah. But you gotta build that experience because you'll get more out of them. No, yeah. That, so man, I don't. We ought to write a book, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know for business, look, we're talking about the muscle. I know, it, it, and it's taboo to talk about who the famous people you do. But I think in a podcast, this is like the perfect place to say it. So name drop some of the people that you have tattooed that that we've probably seen on TV or, or out and out and about. Man, a lot of a lot of football players. Yeah, a lot of football players, and it was crazy because a lot of them were. I'm a big BYU fan. Yeah. Shout out to the Cougars, and uh, it's funny because. Uh, so when you're a BYU fan and you got a tattoo a Utah Ute, what, what, what's the what's the mindset of there? Funny story. <laughs> like when I say I'm a big BYU fan, yeah. I mean like I'll fight a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm a big so for you're like years, Steve Young said what? Hold up. For years, yeah, I refused to tattoo Utah players. Wow, see that's just part for of your years. thing. Yeah, for, yeah, just because of like you know. I don't know. I Same just, thing with me. I don't let Raider fans come in here. And then Fiji broke that and I had to put a fucking yeah, helmet in there. So, you know, you kind of say, okay, yeah. I'll get a little older. I'll go ahead and so interview see, this one Raider fan. So I found my Fiji too. It was one yeah. of my boy's younger brothers. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I'm going to tattoo you, but don't say shit. So he, I tattooed one and he, so he plays football. For Utah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes back to the locker room. He's going to practice. What the hell? I've been hitting up Lala for years. So everybody's like, hold up. So he blew my spot up, and I was just like, gosh, damn it. But, (laughs) yeah. As far as, like, my client, yeah, like, I have a lot of clients that are, like, uh, um, football players, athletes, and then I feel like I get to have this this cool – Situation and when I tattoo all my different clients, I feel like Joe Rogan every day. Yeah, like because well, you're talking there, to him. Yeah, I'm talking to these people sometimes. That's a or, podcast in its own right. Yeah, so I get to, I get, man, I tattoo some of the most interesting people you've ever heard yeah. of, and then the coolest one is that I've tattooed some of the most interesting people you've never heard of. Yeah, and like, man, some of the stories I've I've heard from these people, like they're the most interesting people in the world. Some of them I can't even like. Talk about yeah. like it's because they're like you know. Well, you're not talking about now because I asked you for names. You're not giving me no names right I, now. You know what I mean? That's, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get the, the dirt right now. Uh, client confidentiality, yeah. man. Oh, client confidentiality. Yeah, that's what we're man. calling it, huh? I'm not gonna be a doctor, but yeah, that guy, full blown AIDS. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. You know what I mean? But I, I tattoo a lot of cool people, a lot of athletes. What about with the females of- too? Like so, like I always see tattoo artists. They always go under the tit. Or the ass, or you know, real close by the snatch, or something like that. How does that whole process take about? Because I think I've been in the shop one time. I think you was doing it, or somebody was doing it, and it was it was a nice ass. And I was just sitting there, I was like, "Cool, we're just gonna do this in front of everybody." And I was just sitting there watching you, and you're like nonchalantly talking to me, and I'm like, "I know he sees his ass that's in front of him right now because I see it." <laughs> so when you said that, how does that go about where you're tattooing some ass? Man, we're not gonna skate past the fact that you just said snatch tits <laughs> ass. <laughs> in this climate right now, you but just I'm just get, saying, you just get, I've seen the under dude you know, with the no, under no, the titty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, dude, you know what's funny? A lot of people ask me these questions, and I just, as a tattooer, yeah, I, I mean, everybody's like, "Oh, you like," but I'm like, I'm trying to. Do <laughs> I couldn't it. do it because I'm to make a bad. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm like, you know what I mean? Because I would sit there, I'm looking around, and this is a nice ass titty. Like, oh, you right under, right under the titty? I, I'm, I, that's, it might get licked. No, it the, might best, get- the best one I do, I tattoo with one of my boys. This guy, he's an old, uh, he's an old biker. Yeah, he's old, old white dude. He's got like the the handlebar mustache. Yeah. Old school white boy, dude. I I love this man, dude. I'm sitting over there tattooing some girl, and he said like uh, the sternum. Yeah, you know the under. Oh, is that what it's thing? called, the sternum? sternum. I'm yeah, gonna call him snatches yeah, and all the animal. But uh, <laughs> I'm tattooing the sternum, and he's like, he's like, hey, do you? Is it pretty painful under there? He's like, yeah, yeah. She she says she's in a lot of pain. Oh, I can help you numb it. And I'm like, how, how do you numb it? <laughs> this guy he went numb, 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 numb. <laughs> See, that's why I asked the question. Cause I keep watching you, Fred, everyone's tattooing this ass. And I'm just like, like, and then you guys are getting in there too. You guys are like, yeah. this is the ass, by the way. So you got the thumb and then you like tattooing under it. But it has to be, cause if I'm the boyfriend sitting there watching, I'm like, no, this is bullshit. That's like me watching the OBGYN just go all over my girl shit. Yeah. Like, cool, you find anything in there, brother? No, you good? Yeah. So how does your how wedding does, ring? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, but when I, so when it comes to tattooing like that, honestly, I'm more worried about solidifying my brand and making sure I'm solid. Ah, okay. I just want to. I needed to good, hear that. I just want to do a badass tattoo, and then I don't know. I kind of because I'm watching your social media line. I know he grabbed that titty. That's yeah, a nice titty. Yeah, it was funny because like everybody assumes that, but I'm just like. I'm trying to make this shit dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for for let's say let's say you have a little victory. Oh, I got to like, you know, swipe over the shirt, you know, swipe or titty yeah. over the shirt. You know, I got a little or maybe I got to cop a little squeeze here and there. I just made this that's whole session very, so perverted about very, it, by the way. That's a very, very <laughs> small victory compared yes. to just pulling off a badass tattoo. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think And it goes back to the walking billboard because now you have this bad female yeah, walking yeah. around with a bad piece that you've done. Oh, yeah. Now you got the other bad bitches like, hey, where would you get that from? Yeah, and I don't mean to call y'all bad bitches, but if you tattoo a you bad bitch. You know what bitch, I'm talking about. She knows all the other yeah, bad Yeah, exactly, bitches, because know, if so. a bad bitch got a nice nice tattoo, she's going to have a plethora of other bad bitches coming to you and yeah. knocking you down say, hey, can I get the same shit? Yeah, they come in with a phone like this, like, I want like this. <laughs> I want one like this. No, but I just, uh, quality of work, you know, and then, yeah, sometimes in the shop, like we, so in in the shop, like we're you know as Polynesian men, yeah, I feel like we're always respectful. Tongue, yeah, so yeah. like I'm always like, hey, if you want, we can put the exactly, little yeah, put the little, the little uh, divider. If, yeah, if it's uncomfortable no, or whatever, or if if you feel Cisco's eyes on yeah. you, we can. Let me just for the record, <laughs> let me let me not say I don't go into the tattoo shops just trying to look for tits and ass. <laughs> I actually go there to see my brothers and see they say hi, and I just happen to look like the pervert. Like, oh, is that a nipple? Did <laughs> <laughs> you come with a nipple? <laughs> So I, was that, so, that dirty dark skin? <laughs> so you know what? That draws me back to my next question. And I've always wanted to ask, especially you, Fred, when someone that's not of Polynesian descent yeah. comes into the tattoo shop and says, hey, I want a full Polynesian tattoo. Now, in the industry, I heard it's taboo to say, oh, there's some tattoo artists that will do it, and there's some tattoo artists that won't do it. Yeah. What's your take on that? So, man, this is, I feel like. And people I, need to see this, because this is going to be a, a good so part. This is, so this is something that I always have to go to bat for and tell people. So let's say if you see, maybe you see this swole-ass white boy at the yeah. gym. He's got a badass Polynesian sleeve, and you go up to him and talk to him about it. He don't know anything about it. Yes. That's his artist's fault. Yeah. As an artist. Elaborate on that. Elaborate on that as part. As an artist, so like, especially with us because we do Polynesian tribal, there's, it's not just art we're giving them. We have to give them a little bit of information. And we the background. We have to give them a little history. We mm -hmm. have to, and this is all things that we do to every client. Yeah. So let's say if we tattoo, like you see somebody, oh, what's this, what's this? And like, oh, I just got it because it looked badass. Yeah. Even if there's people like that, I educate my clients. Yes. I tell them, you know, because. And the reason I ask is, Lala, because not all tattoo artists educate who they're tattooing. And I've yeah. run them because I've seen a lot of Filipino dudes. Not, not nothing against my Filipino brothers, but a lot of Filipino dudes yeah. want Polynesian tattoos. Man, I'll tell you right now, I've been tattooing a lot of Filipinos. And so Filipinos, when it comes to uh tattooing, yeah. they're 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 basically like our kissing cousins. Yeah, exactly. We're related, but that's, it's a that's part of the story. Yeah, exactly. That, no, absolutely. No, absolutely. but they have a they have a very almost identical tattoo culture. The 
landmarks in life that they yeah. would reserve their tattoos for is almost similar, like almost the yeah. same exact thing like we do. And so you try to intertwine tools, their culture with the culture that they want. But they put have it on there. so Filipinos, they have designs. a lot of traditional mm-hmm. patterns and designs. And I just started doing a lot of them. Like yeah. if uh, man, I shoot, I got 20, 30 Filipinos hitting me up every yeah. day trying to offer me like a bullet burger. Or well, there was this big old thing on social media, and I think and it was shit. a lot of the older tattoo artists mm-hmm. that were kind of saying, you guys are selling out the culture. Uh, tattoo artists now, if you're if you're giving somebody, like I've seen, you know, when they do the full pair, and they're just like, oh, no, I don't know why they did that because they didn't do it the ceremonial way, how you were supposed to do it. Yeah. So when you fall into that thing, like what what is your guys' take? You personally, because everybody's gonna have their different story. Yeah. What is your whole personal thing? If the older, you know, um, tattoo artists that are, that are real culture, real all by the book, real old fashioned, what do you tell somebody if they came up to you? It was like, why are you selling out our culture? Well, so I would say, if they were to do that, yeah. you know, I would already, you know, I would already have a my whole thing lined up yeah but the i think the biggest thing with polynesians is that like say with the pair when mm-hmm. you get caught you have to like you have to do it the traditional method using traditional it's tools a process with everything mm-hmm. but if you were so because that's a traditional tattoo yeah that's not just something for aesthetic that that's a part of your your chiefly title that yeah that now changes that like you're you're no longer this person yeah. you're this person once you get that tattoo and so with the traditional one, I would always argue that it has to be traditional. Yeah. Everything has to be traditional. When it comes to like anything done with a machine, yeah. contemporary work, that's up for like it's it's contemporary. Because I think that's that's one pressure that you guys as Polynesian tattoo artists deal with more than your regular tattoo artists because mm-hmm. they're not really doing the traditional how the Polynesian tattoo artists are. Yeah. And I think each artist you ask is going to have their different take on it. Yeah. And I think I'm kind of glad you kind of said you explain it to your client what yeah. they're doing. Because I go to the gym now in Las Vegas and I see, you know, I'll see like a black dude with a with, a, with an uh, island tattoo. I'm like, yeah. okay. Then I'm thinking, oh, he must be Fijian. That was lightweight <laughs> racist. My bad. That <laughs> was lightweight racist. My bad. But I'm saying, you what see it, But then they ask you, like the white boy came up to me at the gym the other day and he was like, oh, uh, can I tell you the story behind my... I didn't want to know the story. He just felt obligated to tell me, since I had my tattoos and he had his tattoo, yeah. he had to tell me why he got that tattoo. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying, it, 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 you're going to always fall into that question where people's going to have different answers. I just wanted to see what your yeah. take on it. You kind of be in there, because you got to do something like shit like that every day. Yeah, the debate is kind of, it's exhausting. Like, yeah. uh, man, when, uh, so Tali at our shop, Tali Homa, he, yeah. he, uh, he got the traditional Tongan, they call it the Tavaka. And all these people started arguing because they were like, Tongans is like you, you guys. Oh, the jack- debate was on. Oh man, they were. <laughs> oh, you jacking our style. Yeah, the Samoans, and I'm like, man, a bunch of so. When the debate between Tongan and Samoan people getting their traditional tattoo, whether yeah. it's the pe'a or the tavaka, like they were going back and forth of like who did it first, who owns it, and all this stuff, and then if you were at all like uh, aware. No tattoo artist was getting involved with yeah, that. Exactly. Shit. We yeah, exactly. We was just letting everybody blow all, yeah. you know, just get all the, get, you know, whatever they got to get off their chest and just let them do it. Cause I was like, this is much deeper than what your guys' opinions are. Yeah. Us as tattoo artists, we already know the game. That's why we're not even trying to argue with yeah. y'all. Well, because the politics, like, I, the politics has to be crazy in that because, like you said, as a tattoo artist, you have to take it upon yourself, or is it a? Re- I mean, is it a prerequisite coming in to do tribal that you have to know your designs and know the shit with your tattooing before you do any of that? Is that yeah. how it is? So one of the, um, so the the oldest living uh, tattoo clan or family mm-hmm. is like the Sulawapas. Got it. The Sulawapa family, there. They, the thing with the reason, there's a lot of tattoo clans and families yeah. that are in the islands, but the Sulawapas are one that, from the beginning of time when they first started until now, mm-hmm. they've had an unbroken line. They've Got never it. lost their art of tattooing. They've always kept it yeah. and maintained it through all these years. They even brought tattooing to the modern world. Got it. And so this family, who's probably the most renowned, Sulawapas. And, yeah, mm-hmm. the Sulawapas. So he the oh it's funny because the what i don't even know his real name uh alive like everyone just calls him the old man yeah and that's not even like a derogatory term exactly that's the most like endeared term yeah you call him the old that's man that's sort of endearment in Polynesian culture yeah, you the said, old man you know, yeah. we literally everybody we had a barbecue like hey let the old man eat first oh yeah that's the, the, 30, how it raised 30 Respect. adults watched this old man eat his plate and Before, then we started yeah. <laughs> eating but anyway that's just how it is so the old man he was kind of talking <clears throat> about it one time and he was basically saying that like uh 
tattooing for Polynesians, it's one of those things where whether you get into it because you think it looks cool, because you, you know, whatever reason you think. This you is got, coming from him. Yeah. Got it. Whatever reason you think you got into it for, at some point, you have to learn about it. Yeah. You have to. Like, whether you did it just to look cool, whether you did it just to, you know, whatever you got into it for, whether you're the one doing the tattoos yeah. or the one getting them, you have, you'll, life will present a path to you that, like, now you're forced to learn it. the history, the culture, all this stuff. And so he was talking about, uh, like, some of the, the younger kids nowadays who, like, the kids that go and get the pet, they yeah. don't speak Samoan, they don't mm -hmm. know their culture, they don't know their role within their home or their yeah. families and all that, and then... They, they don't were, know why they were supposed yeah. to, why they could so have gotten he, that. And so he was like, well, what do you think about these youngsters getting it that don't need it? He's like, oh, they have to. Yeah. He's like, these are kids who's growing up in a time where if they don't feel like they're forced to do it, they're just going to continue on with their life not ever having to yeah. learn it. Because they're just like, oh, I don't have to learn it. Exactly. But now, let's say you get caught and you got these black knees, you know, yep. you walking up to the party. and every, I've seen it before, And bro. everybody call you out. Hey, I've you seen it happen. Come do this. Come do this. And then when you don't know how to speak your language, you don't know your culture, yeah. you don't know the traditions, now you're so uncomfortable, yeah. you have to go learn it. Exactly. So he was just like, you know, whether we either cultivate this environment where everyone wants to learn it yeah. or we force them to learn it. Because you like, know you know, I mean? his word is like bond. Like, so, you know, when the old man is telling the artists and you guys kind of take it because that's also not just your culture. Yeah. You guys are also in the, in the, the whole realm of tattooing. Mm -hmm. But when you start, I, this is the other question, my two part question. When you have other artists that are not Polynesian yeah. and they're doing Polynesian tattoos, where does that fall in the politics of tattooing? Like if I just have this white boy doing yeah on somebody as a tattoo artist I'm like hold on yeah <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to do that right yeah well see that's the other thing too is that like uh man it's I actually know a few but it's one of, it goes back to that same principle mm -hmm. that the old man said yeah whether you got into it to make money whether you got into it to you know this that or the other you're gonna have to learn that yeah. shit whether you want to or not you're forced to do it now so whether you a white boy from wherever the hell yeah. you're from and you're doing these tribal tattoos, at some point or another, you're going to be forced to learn it. And that, then, and you're going to have to be forced to explain yourself because if yeah. you run into the wrong person, oh, yeah, they're going to yeah. be like, why are you doing these tattoos? Yeah. And now if your explanation doesn't fit up to the game, then you get into the Polynesian part that you probably don't want to yeah. learn about. But, but <laughs> I, always had this I always had this weird bone to pick with that with like Polynesian people being gatekeepers of our yeah. shit. That, because, I'm glad you brought that up. Because Polynesians... We're the most entitled when it comes to we're going to consume your culture, yeah. we're going to consume your culture, we're going to take every bit and piece of everybody's culture, and y'all got to be cool with that. As soon as, as you soon start as, yeah. enjoying Lupulu and <laughs> shit, they'll it. be like, hang yeah. on! <laughs> Wait a minute! Hold on, yeah. you know? That as, soon as, the, as soon as anyone else starts getting in, you know, like starting to touch our stuff, then everybody's like, oh, hold on. And it goes back to what we were talking about. There's always going to be haters, there's always going to be naysayers in anything that we do in life. But at the end of the day, you being an entrepreneur, you being a tattoo artist, with younger generations watching this or listening to this, what advice do you have for a tattoo artist that may be a palangidu, maybe a black dude that wants to do something like that, or just being successful in its own right? What is your advice to those people? Man, when it comes, I'm not a very good businessman, whether it comes to tattooing, whether it comes to, uh, I do e-commerce stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I do my cannabis stuff and all this stuff. Dude, I have no metric for like success or anything. Yeah. I just do what's fun. Exactly. I enjoy Come it. Come on. Come on, I Lala. I enjoy it. I have fun. And I, there's a lot of people that make a lot more money than me, but my lifestyle is better than theirs. Yeah. Like, my life is better than a lot of people's lives, and some of them make 20 times the money I make. Come but on. But I just, I don't Preach know. to them, Lala. Preach yeah. to them. For me, I just, uh, some people chase the bag, some people chase the check, and I just kind of chase my lifestyle. Yeah. Like, I, dude, I do cool shit all the time. I do whatever I want, whenever I want. I can, you know, whatever. But, like... Uh, I'm also like a a dog when it comes to work ethic, man. I'd yeah. be I'd be out working any Because like, don't don't downplay there. so much where you're forgetting about the work ethic because your work ethic is crazy. Oh yeah. So I'm, like if you're gonna play like that and you're gonna live like that, you better have a damn good work ethic oh, yeah. to back that up. Because you can say that and just be some loser ass dude. Yeah. But you can say that and have a work ethic like you have that I've noticed and like and everybody thinks to do, because you know, people don't see what they what we, we I do behind the scenes, you do behind the scenes. They don't see the work ethic. Yeah. They just see us talking shit. Like, why are they talking shit so loud? Because we know 
what we have done. Oh, yeah. And I think that goes back to everybody that kind of says, oh, you're doing this podcast thing? Oh, you're not Joe Rogan. You know, you got all the haters. Oh, you're not. I'm like, cool. I don't got to be Joe Rogan. I don't got to be this guy. <laughs> you know when you when you started? So Ray was showing me. Shout out Ray Lyon. Yeah, but shout out Ray Lyon, man. When Ray, so when Ray, you know, if you ever tell Ray to keep a secret, he's for sure going to tell six, <laughs> seven people. But when he he was, uh, when he showed me the, the first like couple like pilot episodes yeah. of the Western Conference, in my head I was like, they fucking did it. Yeah. They fucking did it. They made it, man. They did exactly. it. Man. They fucking did it, dude. But then on the flip side, there was the ones like, what are they doing? No, you know what man. I mean? You got it. Like, uh, man, as soon as I saw it, I was like, hell yeah. yeah. They Now, a lot of people don't know the game of podcasting, but podcasting can be very, uh, I don't want to say like lucrative because it's like kind of douchey. Well, that, but I think but podcasting is what you make it as well. Yeah, but it's it's cool. Like you get to, you can, you know, affect a lot of people's lives. Yeah. You can inspire a lot of people. You can do all these different things. So there, it's definitely multifaceted. You can make a living. You can inspire people, do all these different things. But I, as soon as I saw y'all get yeah. into it and I was like, look at the production value. Look at the <laughs> man, Shout out Sticky Paw Studio, you know, man. <laughs> man. I was like, look at all this. So I was like, man, look at and this. And I think dude. that goes back to, you know, I was telling Wastafa, anybody could have did the podcasting from the house. And, you know, how we were just kind of like doing makeshift podcasts. Yeah. I kind of took it upon myself to say, okay, production value is everything. And man. to have any of my friends to come to the thing, I'm not going to tell them to come to the house to do the podcast. It's a little bit more exciting to come to a studio yeah. that kind of has the aesthetics of what we have here. And only going to get better from that. Duh. And then I think to do that and to bring you on, to bring you know the guests we've had, Booyah Tribe, Fiji, and everybody that we've had in here, it's to kind of show them that we want to do it the right way. And oh, I think yeah. with bringing you in here, people are not always going to know your story, but it's going to take podcasts like these to be like, hey, I don't really know Lala, but after I watched him on the Western Cover, oh, he's kind of a cool yeah. dude. Fuck you with know your what boy, yeah. baby. <laughs> What's don't next for Trappuccino? Man, What's right now, we got two new flavors that we just dropped, and I think before the year's over, we're going to have like another six, seven. Because you're not selling any, any of this in Utah, but yeah, I'm saying as far as the hashtag, brand goes. Hashtag not for sale. <laughs> no, um, we, we kind of have a... We kind of have big goals as far so we in less than a year we got into the dispensary in California. Yeah. And so based on that, uh in the state of Utah where we're trying where I live. It's trying to get legal. We're because uh they have a we wanna get into the dispensaries out there. We wanna get in because um, we have other products coming too, like not just actual flower and well there's actually so we're talking about politics and tattooing there's politics and cannabis as well it's big yeah so in the state of utah like we i kind of took it upon myself to kind of rebrand the whole negative stigma with yeah. cannabis because out there it's a lot of like uh taboo you know, mormon soccer moms mm -hmm, and it mm -hmm. has like a real negative uh bad light. stigma yeah. where it's like oh if you smoke weed you sit out in the garage and you don't do you're a burnout you don't do yeah. anything but you smoke with the devil's lettuce yeah. like hold up <laughs> We're just smoking weed. Yeah, man. But yeah, like, but uh, I, I want to. I'm kind of like trying to do some, you know, reform out there to yeah. kind of show other people that cannabis is not what they always thought it was. It's actually some of the most productive, high functioning, successful people that I know. They're yeah. regular users of no, cannabis. No, absolutely. And it was just that in Utah, they kind of do this thing where, say, with cannabis, is that they'll imagine the worst cannabis user they've ever yeah. seen or encountered. And, and use they that blanket as, as every, exactly. They blanket everybody. Put you guys as, all in the, in, in the boat yeah. for that same person. So, But you, you having the struggle of being in Utah, that's not a legal state. Mm -hmm. How, so you're doing it with the merch now. So yeah. you have it with, I mean, it kind of coincides with what your branding is. Is it, a, is it a struggle to try to get, I mean, I don't know how, do I, how I say this, to get the, to get the uh, weed out there into Utah? Or you guys have to do everything in California? Um, For now. Hypoth hypothetically speaking, anything can land anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, no, but we, uh, we definitely, I think. It's crazy because I'm like pretty well known in Utah. Yeah. I know a lot. It's funny because I have I have a lot of law enforcement friends. I got all these. Yeah, people I remember you doing a cop one time. I oh, came in there all the time. Yeah, like yeah. I, it's it's kind of funny because like, uh, but I'm, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm I want to do everything the right way. I want to do it legally, and and I think because the way I've done it so far, I think that's why I, they. Let's say if you're a law enforcement. Uh, 
like some kind of law enforcement yeah. in Utah. They see me, then the way I'm doing it, I'm doing it the, the most right way. admirable way yeah. I possibly You're can. You're not doing it with dudes yeah. selling nickels and dimes no, on the no, corner. Yeah, like I'm, and you're like, say, come to the back. Yeah, I got a little yeah. eighth for you. <laughs> so you're doing it, like I said, yeah, in a way. I'm, but did you have to educate yourself on how to do that in a, in a state that's not doing that? Because you yeah. can't just say, oh, you can, anybody can start a strain. Yeah. You got to have to educate yourself on the oh, way yeah. to do it. Yeah. So like, well, so if you're doing cannabis stuff, so everything we do is kind of like based in California, mm -hmm. but we kind of, we're trying to be, Utah's, I want Utah to be the hub, but like with us, you got to learn a lot of stuff. Like I've seen everything from cultivation and growing to See, processing. say that part. Say, because yeah. that's the part that I don't think, some of these kids watch like, oh shit, he just got his own strain and did no, his thing. Yeah. You got to do your homework no, on this shit. No, we, we literally, we, we uh, shout out to my, my boy who did the breeding and genetics, but yeah. we literally took two specific strains that had the flavor profile that we needed so that when you smoke this come bitch, on it tastes like an ice cream. come on you know come when on you smoke this shit you you feel like you a bad bitch and you should have a dog yeah so when purse. you see all these <laughs> you, you feel like you in starbucks right there just, when you ooh, see all these exotics and it has the names and it has like you know grape and bubble flavor gum like that profile is you have to be a mad scientist to get the shit to taste like the shit you saying that you have on the bag. And it got to have that strength. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. You can't be selling no booth, man. You no bam. In the words of RBL, you can't sell no bammer weed. No. We yeah. got that <laughs> shit. You, you see the Trappuccino, bag, that's the bammer hammer. Yeah, my exactly. Boy. That thing will knock anything so, out the park. Is it tough juggling both careers, being an entrepreneur in the cannabis area and then being a tattoo artist? Or it kind of goes hand in hand? Nah, I'm a minority. I'm a minority child, man. I yeah. grew up. I like work. Yeah. I enjoy work. That's why, like other people, they try to catch up to me with my little hustles and stuff I got. I'm like, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta you gotta outwork me, and I exactly. and I love this shit. You know what I mean? So like tattooing, I love it. The, and then even the Trappuccino stuff is uh, it's cool because as an artist, I get to be more artistic and make yeah. merch and design our bags and do all these different things. And then it's kind of cool to just solve little problems in business and yeah. whatnot. So. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I enjoy it. Like, as much as uh, I wish I had some, like, you know, weird ego that would be like, oh, I just want to support my family. Yeah, yeah. Take care of my kids. But no, this is I fun. just enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I just, I just like it. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm kind of glad yeah. you said that because it's, it, it takes hard work to get shit like this up off the ground. Trappuccino yeah. just didn't happen overnight. Lala uh -huh. L's with the tattoo artist just happened overnight. They just see all the victories on social media. They don't see the losses and the L's you took yeah. but to get to this level. So that's why a lot of these people that are watching now, I want them to know we could bullshit about it and laugh about it, but it's like we've put in so much work for that reason to be like, hey, it's still a struggle. Yeah, You still got to do your homework. You still got to educate yourself in these whatever you guys are trying to do. Educate yourself because the more you know, the more better off you'll be in building your brand. Oh, yeah, for sure. You got to know every part of it. So, like, man, Utah's a crazy state when yeah. it comes to cannabis. So we have medical, right? Yeah. The, the, the law, man, now they're going to change the legislation. But, like, I, in the state of Utah, you can get caught with an exorbitant amount of cannabis. Like, yeah, <laughs> a lot of cannabis. Some packs. Big packs. Yeah. So, like, and the law is that. Say I don't want to say a number, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the number, but it's a big number. Yeah, you know what I mean. But if you get caught with this amount of pounds, as long as you don't have a scale, bags, whatever, it's as recreational. Long as, as long as yeah, as long as you can justify personal use. Yeah. So no distribution stuff like bags. There's like no scale, baggies or personal use. They and you know how crazy it's they crazy to know that there's people in jail for a dime bag. Oh yeah. It's crazy to see that people are doing years. Off of having well, a little sack. So this year, April fourth, I think that was when they passed that decriminal. So they're they're it's on the way to federal they're legalization. Working on it. But they did the decriminalization. So on April fourth this year. So decriminalization just basically means that if you were if you went to jail for cannabis, yeah. you're gonna start coming out. And it's pretty cool the stuff that like the infrastructure behind. Uh, cannabis. So say if you went to jail, you did all these years for cannabis, and now it's legal yeah. everywhere. You get out. And just to kind of be like, uh, you know, my bad. Yeah. These people who are getting out for cannabis crimes, they're at the top of the list for dispensaries, grows, cultivation, all that. For because, licensing. Yeah, got it. So got they're it. they're at the top of the list to get these licenses. Because it for, wasn't legal when they got put in yeah, jail for it, but so, now that they are, they're getting pushed up to the top yeah, just, to say, if you want to do this shit, yeah. you can do it. And now you're, you're kind of like in a handful of your yeah. VIP group yeah. that can kind of get to the front of the so line. So they kind of wanted just to be like, you know, the U.S. government was like, 
my bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, without giving them any payback yeah. of the, the, the years of lives they lost. Yeah. Them. But well, you gotta you gotta be on point. You gotta know the laws. But yeah, Utah's a pretty cool state, and I think we're on the way to you know getting to the rec like full recreational. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. Come on, we gotta bring the bag over here. Uh, oh yeah, grab that bag. We gotta show the people. Oh, this was a, yeah yeah. Let me grab. So we gotta show the bag so people can get familiarized with it. Right on, G. Thank you, oh, brother. So. Man. We're talking about this, this is the a, brand so, right here. So this is the pound bag right yeah. here. This is a this is a whole P right here. And then uh, I don't know if you guys have like some, uh, you know, some people who indulge in this. Where my camera at? Yeah. Where my camera? You see this <laughs> right camera? There. This is one of our new ones right here. On. This is uh, Zoo Nikes right here. This is uh, it's not Zaza. It's Zuzu. And That's how do you come up with each of these? Like, so if you have this bag and dude, you have that bag, you want to hear a funny story about Zoo Nikes? So my cousin and then when my business partner, yeah. we'll pull up to these pop ups, and uh, he'll like we'll have a turkey bag and like everybody's smoking on it. Like, oh man, that shit, that's that's yeah. that's the one. What, what what's this called? They're picking up the turkey bag. There's no name on it. Yeah, exactly. They don't know what it. It is. could be named anything. So. So in Tongan, the word ass is dunaiku. Yeah. <laughs> Don't so, tell me that this is what Zoo so Nikes we, is. <laughs> so this is the Zoo Nikes. So this is the, so we, we was like, oh, as a joke, we was like, oh, yeah, that's the, he's like, oh, that's the Zoo Nikes, baby. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like that what? He's like, Zoo Nikes. Exactly. That's the Zoo Nikes See, and that's right crazy there. because you can take those, like the story like that, you can take that and make it into a brand. Oh, yeah. And then this one is another cool one. This is a Nutty Mac 11. So Pressure 91, that's a Nutty Mac. He's yeah, in the yep. Bay. I'm rapper. not exactly talking about. Shout out Nutty Mac, man. Nobody Move, that's another strain with Jokes Up. He's the head of security for yeah. LB. But the three of us, we teamed up and made this one, too. This one got color. That thing darker than your auntie's elbows, man. So th th that's just the color of the actual cannabis. Yeah, but that, that one right there is him. Like this one, the, if yeah. you were to smoke this, like this is kind of like... Like the the high is real nice. It eases you into it, and it's like a real clean yeah. high. This one, that's just the matrix, boy. See, but see, you do that. You like, you knowing you knowing Whoa. your strain. What do you say to those that are just buying bags and putting bullshit in them? Oh, you'll get found out quick. Okay, like with us, we brand integrity. Yeah, you know what I mean. We we got brand loyalty. We got people that. Because they image. said a lot of that was going on because of you guys with the bags that were going. People were just buying bags oh, yeah. and putting Bammer yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, But you get found out real quick. Exactly. Shout yeah. out to my brother Burner because yeah. when you know it's not cookies, you know it's not cookies. Oh, They're yeah. just buying the cookies bags. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got, so these are some new ones. And then this one, man, I, I brought this one just for you, man. I'm going to, hold on, let me crack this thing open. <laughs> let me get one. G, you ready to roll up after this? Cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man. See, I, I'm glad you brought this out because you know. My whole story about the Lakers. Yeah, uh, oh boy, what he he James he Worthy dissed you. So for those who don't know, I, I was raised in Long Beach before we moved to the Bay Area, and I went to a, a basketball clinic, and I was we were Showtime Lakers, huge fan. My whole family's Laker fans. James Worthy, long story short, didn't sign my basketball, patted me on my head, tell me not right now. So I was like, fuck James Worthy and fuck the Lakers. So ever since that day, we moved to the Bay Area and I've been a Warrior fan. So I'm not no fake Warrior fan. And I'm glad, see, that's what I'm talking about. I'm glad you brought the Warrior one because I was going to tell G to blur out the Laker jersey this you had a, on. This is a specific, I don't know if you read that. That's a Trappuccino Warriors right Trappuchino there. Trappuccino Warriors jokes, jokes up, up. Come baby. On, man. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother. That's for you, brother. That's for see, you that's right there. that's what I'm there. talking about, man. man. I'm saying fresh out the Plastic. Come on. And for people that want to find you on social media? Uh, so at Lala Ellsworth, or then, uh, and also the cannabis stuff, we're at, uh, at trappuccino.jokesup. Come on, And man. then our link for the, the store and everything is on there. So right now, these is the only two jerseys. Oh, so these are the samples? No, no, no. The, oh, okay. We, we have the full production, but these are the first two I yanked off Ooh, the thing. So see, like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, nobody got that right <laughs> now. You know what I'm saying? Shout out my brother Lala Ellsworth, man. I appreciate you coming over here, man. I just wanted everybody to know what you're doing because there's entrepreneurs like you that make the shit look fun. That people know. It's not just fun for nothing. The work ethic goes a long way. Yeah, got to. And I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Man, before we get it, where's my camera? Is this yeah, my yep, camera? Yeah, there it is. Y'all better say what the fuck is up with this man. He got a whole <laughs> ass podcast. Beautiful production value. He got white people working for him in here. I, I don't know what other. If that's not the pinnacle of success, then See, I don't him. know one. Western Conference podcast. The most dangerous podcast on the airways right See, now. See, that's what I'm talking about. Lala Ellsworth, your boy, Big Body Cisco. The Western Conference podcast, man. Appreciate the love, and I'll see you on the next one. Peace.